coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. Didn't win, didn't lose, we just enjoyed it. Week, we all won the week before. Yeah. And then, well, two of our teams lost yeah. them. So, not so Speaking good. of teams losing, um, your boys' fantasy teams. What? Uh, you What's getting, going yeah, on? Yeah, Dave, the Eli Manning jersey coming your way? Um, I mean, it might as well... You. you might as well just put it on my back. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I'd say is that I haven't actually scored, like, that terribly... I've just no. got, I've just got absolutely savaged. But I am. Well, of course, the Eli Manning jersey is based on scoring, and currently you're scoring much worse than Ollie and I. Mm, I'm not that well, far no, behind Ollie. Not far behind no, Ollie after Ollie's shit show me. this last week. So fifteen. So that's, that's the trouble with working on the freaking thirty-five points ish, which is a reasonable amount. What have I got? So, you? Uh, yet. Just under a hundred ninety-seven-ish. It feels nice not being in the fucking loser's yeah. seat for a change. It's a shame because I, if it, I, looking at my team, I wasn't even, like I was pretty happy with it before the season. <laughs> it just hasn't worked out, so it's pretty yeah. sad. I, th- I think probably taking Derek Henry is uh, saving you. No, terrible. That's yeah, one he's really last week, didn't he? Yeah, he had one good game. He's had two good games this season out of the six so far. He's really not performed mm. that great. Yeah. And now he's out. He's on a bye. And this week was literally based off a 64-yard breakaway run he had and everything else. If you take away that, he's averaging like two yards a carry last week. This is why I shouldn't be talking about shit today because I thought, oh, he's having a good season. Clearly not. That's all I saw was that run. Well, the Titans are just just dross. They can't score over like 10 points. McCaffrey's injured as well. And like Smith for the Eagles, like... Just He's... don't seem to be able to have like a week where their number one and two receivers can both get the ball. It's like one or the other, isn't it? Yeah, so... Devontae Smith's going through Actually. a little iffy patch. He had a few drops this week. Him and Dallas Goddard had a couple of drops in that that loss to the Jets, which wasn't great to watch. Made sure I kind of got home for it and then wished I hadn't. So mm. yeah, what was... happened then? Was it just their Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts blew the game. Genuinely blew the game. Uh goes off his back foot throwing into double coverage trying to force one when he didn't need to if he takes the hit they wind off more seconds off the clock punt it away and then you're expecting Zach Wilson to go the full length of a football field to try and win a game on a game winning drive which probably wasn't going to happen instead he went back foot hero ball receiver sandwich between two in coverage simple pick and suddenly the Jets have a shortened field and a a possibility to get the touchdown Was was it fourth down? third down so third down, so they could have just punted and pinned them in the twenty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And if he if he takes to... the sack, they punt it away, right. and Wilson has to go a long distance. And instead, right. he's like, "No, I'll get this first down, and we can close this game out." And computer said no. Um, yeah, it was pretty awful considering the Jets were missing their top two corners last week as well. No source Gardner. Um, and yet well, wasn't pretty bad then. Yeah. Wasn't able to throw on that Jets team at all. Couldn't run that well either. Defensive front was great, as you know from the Jets. That, that Jets pretty defense good. is good, yeah. Yeah. But the Jets secondary shouldn't be that good when they're missing two of their star players at the end of the day. 
and you've got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, mm. and Jalen Hurts. But Hurts has been iffy this year. He's not the same player he was last year. He's not making the same plays. I don't know what it is. Well, I know exactly yeah, what it is, e- but you wouldn't expect him to make decisions like that last year as well. No, he was very good at protecting the ball last year, and it's not it's not that way this year. And the defense has been keeping us in and keeping us winning games, basically, because the run game's been great, obviously, but to get enough points with the run game, it hasn't really been there. We've gone to the pass and it's faltered quite a few times this season. So it's been the defense that's allowed us to win games with clock management and running the ball. And, you know, you're missing key men up front last week, you're missing Slay in the secondary. Lost two more as well during the game. I mean, we got banged up in that game. Three players yeah. going out with injuries, so... Having Slade to lock up uh, Garrett Wilson been quite helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was It was not pretty, and it, it wasn't expected, but I knew f- from previous weeks that we have been on the verge of, you know, people have been Giving going Eagles 5-0, and oh, it'll be fine. Actually, yeah. Eagles 5-0 and oh are being more like the Vikings and edging close games, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, if interesting you, to see. Well, what did, I mean, um, what did what did Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff look like when Hertz airballed, like airmailed that uh, that last ball? Then did they look furious? Or because I'm wondering <laughs> if it's a coaching decision as well. Like, was were they saying to him, "Oh, if it's there, go for it, and we'll win this right here." I mean, we it, don't we don't we don't know what's been said to Hertz with that. Yeah, but that's that's just a decision that an experienced quarterback doesn't make. At the end of the day, that's all it yeah, is. And I'm not saying it's... he's an inexperienced quarterback. I'm just saying, like a, you know, the the greats, the the Mannings, yeah. the Brady's, etc. They won't force it in that way. Your gunslingers will, like a, a Josh Allen, a Brett Favre, etc. But I wouldn't have said that Hurts. Brett Favre. 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 Yeah. Favre. Sorry, yeah, Favre. I, but I'd never put Hurts into that category. He's all like last year. He's very good with the ball and throwing into the right place, place and not forcing it, but finding windows and mm. and using his arm ability. So. I get, I get the feeling, and it it wasn't the only ball that he forced in that game. He didn't throw well at all. AJ Brown has been getting livid with him, and was on that last play for sure. There were a couple of misreads during the game as well when he had other guys open. Devonte Smith had a wide open lane at one point that was overlooked for a route instead to Dallas Goddard. Goddard, I think, dropped it, and Devonte Smith was over the top of that and in much more space. So, yeah, um, just interesting. And you've kind of you got the Cowboys breathing down your neck a little bit as well because they won. Yeah, I mean it's a close, close division. I knew it was going to be a close division with the Cowboys. Like it's a very good Cowboys team, and that was the one I feared the most going into it. And I did think Washington would be behind them in terms of teams in this division, and they're not too far behind. I mean Washington got, they've had a couple of pastings this season, but it's not been a disastrous kind of they don't look like a the complete mess they were two two three years ago oh no they won't be there at the end of the season though like haven't watched them against the falcons like that was one of their best games of the season but you could say and like having watched the bills against miami having watched miami sorry against the bills that's the best team in football you then uh, or the worst team or one of the worst teams in football or not a great team but you watch them against denver they're a great team you look at the rotation of what was it? Arizona lose to the Jets. Giants. Ar- so just Arizona throw that in there beat- too, by the way. What's that? You forgot that the Bills lost to the Giants this week as well. Yeah. So you go from the idea that they 
got smashed by Miami, then played really well the week after, and then got they beat the Giants. Chess? Did they? I thought the Giants. Yeah. yeah. No, no, oh, no. Sorry, it was no, 14... me, Yeah. I was fourteen nine though. Yeah, it's very the close. The replay I saw was them with the Giants last yeah, play. Yeah. Sorry, they only um they only won by by five points. So like yeah. definitely not where the spread was putting them. I don't know what it was, the but Giants it's probably like eight and a half last minute. That that's the thing. Maybe just uh, the game being close against the Giants is yeah yeah. Is, is, well, yeah, or like sorry. the Arizona Dallas New York thing, like um Dallas forty nothing on New York. New York beat Arizona. Arizona beats Dallas. Like. Things yeah. just don't make, and like it's great. That's why the league's so good. That's why like the Browns with a great defense and PJ Walker can beat the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I can't I mean, that's believe a, that, that was incredible. That's the maddest one. That, but that that, and that's one. what makes it great. But it's also there are sometimes results you just don't really expect to see, and it happens. And it's like okay, let's look at the bigger picture with Philadelphia of what we've seen so yeah. far this season. Sure. The defense is great. The running game is still great the problems come in the past game and huge problems when we don't have Lane Johnson on that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he was yeah. out for most of the game and it's, su- it's just surprising. Hugeness. It's just surprising stat wise when you've got, um, big numbers coming out of Brown still, and then you found, you know, a, a huge gem and an absolute steal in Swift. Mm. Who's just killing it. He might be the rushing leader at the end of the year. And then we're still, you're still in all of these close games, and then you lose to the Jets. It is like, it's surprising from the outside because I haven't been watching the Eagles like you know week in week out. But for me, it's like I just don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel. It feels like you should be on the right track because there's still like a lot of good things coming through. Well, like the the victory against Tampa, uh, the victory uh, against the Rams. Were, Tampa was more of a blowout. The, the Rams game. And the Vikings game looked closer on paper, but were comfortable because of the way the rushing game worked in that mm. game. So while it was close because of a great defense, it meant they never had the chance to get close and time of possession was just huge in those games. Mm-hmm. But the, so in some way, the points don't necessarily tell the story of a game and the momentum. You know, whereas when the two teams are passing on each other, like look at the Jags and the Bills two weeks ago, that yeah. was suddenly two teams, you know, rushing and passing on each other, and momentum was a really fine margin between like third down plays and penalties, and it was swinging back and forth. There have been quite a few games that have looked close on paper that haven't actually felt that close when you've watched three hours. Again, why highlights, why red zone don't ever give you the full rationale and experience of a game if you will of being able to actually break down and analyze what happened you can look at numbers and numbers can be kind of very deceptive in a lot well of i was gonna that's a, that like leads me so easily into talking about the falcons because if you look at the stat line oh it's all like... about that here we go you've just been waiting <laughs> oh what can get me into talking of running I was the game like, ah, i was like well we've talked about the eagles for at least three minutes so that's probably enough time so talking i can of the sky in. that sky hey, you just made a really good point you put a bow on is... it you put a bow on it you yeah, know yeah. oh he's here he is the eagles are you know they're struggling but they're five and one now let's talk about the falcons yeah okay yes yeah, but Desmond Ritter gets over 300 yards twice in a row. And uh, and and the Falcons' offense is still, like, struggling. And it, it's like, it's you're saying about, you, you if you had a look at the stat lines, you're like, uh, B. John Robinson's still doing very well. 
Drake London got over 100 yards. He got 125 yards this last week gone. And then we had Carl Pitts the week before got like 87, something like that. And Johnny Smith is getting going. Like there's some things that are really working with the Falcons. But then we go out and we score like 16 points. And then the week before we barely beat a Texans team and we have to score two touchdowns in the in the fourth quarter. And it's like, I don't really know. I don't know what's happening still with Desmond Ritter. Like he had his best game last week. And then this week he throw, throws three interceptions, but th- still throws for three, 300 yards, which yeah. seemed unattainable like last season. Like I mm-hmm. didn't really think he was ever going to get a 300 yard game. He gets two. So I just, it's, it is a riddle. Like, I do not know what to think of this guy still. I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I'd say my riddle rant. What? Eight turnovers in three weeks and three interceptions this week. That would be all you need to say about Desmond Ritter. Even when he's having a good game, he's having a bad game and you don't want, a quarterback to be that way you want he's having a bad game and even when he has a bad game it's a good game kind of thing i don't want to bring it back to this guy jazz because mm-hmm. i know you don't like him but kurt cousins is one of those guys that's reasonably good at protecting the ball will still pick up like 300 yards and there are plenty of other things that falter around him in minnesota that can be the reason why kurt cousins isn't picking up a lot of big game victories but kurt cousins will still grind out and he's the kind of perfect quarterback to look at of a guy that maybe could go somewhere if everything else around him came to peace as well. Desmond oh, Ritter looks like the kind so, of guy so well in Atlanta. If we Des- Desmond Ritter looks like the kind of guy that you can put all the pieces around him, and even when he's having a good game, it's a bad game, and that's not a great game to have. It's only his second season, though, isn't it? It, it it was yeah, and he only played you know half oh, of two, last three season. Game. Yeah, so um, like, you've got to remember half, that live so... bullets different. I mean, that's the thing you have with Jalen Hurts. You said about him being a gunslinger earlier. It still is second season starting so you've got to give him a bit more time to make these mistakes brady and manny were making those sort of mistakes when they started off yeah you can't judge them based on the end of their careers when they'd had 10 15 years of reading defenses knowing what to do and exceptional coaching behind them yeah manning's first year was terrible brady's first highest year he won number it. of picks than ever i think yeah winston time. did winston beat it or i think he, he eclipsed it, it yeah it, was it a, oh 30 might have been a t- yeah i think he had 29 or 28 so yeah so you can't judge him on that because we the trouble we have is a very short-term memory, don't we? That we always remember what happened to the last thing we saw of someone rather than the their peak or when they were starting out not the best. Like Brady in his young young days, if he didn't have that running game and defense and the game wasn't as much of a passing league, we would well, we, I'm sure we still would know who Tom Brady is, but he wouldn't have won three Super Bowls in those first four years. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I think the it's probably a better point about Hurts than it is about Ridder because I haven't seen those touches of magic that I'm sure you could even have seen with we didn't Manning, necessarily like see that. in that season where he threw 29 inceptions. Well, Manning yeah. was more you are first round first pick. You're yeah. You're the guy. Let's go and see it. Desmond Ritter is not a first round first pick, so he doesn't have that level of expectation, but may not get that same level of leeway at the same point. We didn't see Hertz's arm get good until last year. In fairness, like it, it took a couple of years for Hertz to look. I mean, I was coming into the last year saying he misses throws and, you know... Yeah, seeing... you were completely off the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like a Josh Allen kind of evolution already. like, And it's happened quicker than Josh Allen. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Whereas 
Well, I know, but we might still be seeing Hurts taking that Josh Allen mode because Josh Allen still has those games. Look at week one against the Jets this year. Like, Josh Allen was back to bad Josh Allen, and when it's bad, it can go really bad. I think with Ritter, mm-hmm. is we haven't seen enough upside at this point, and it, I still think it comes down to the fact that teams are pushing in young quarterbacks way too early in well, I, their I careers in general. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I'll I mean, the reason why, the, sorry, that everyone went quiet all of a sudden, because if you have a rookie QB on a rookie contract and put everything else around them, you can spend your money everywhere else apart from your QB. Yeah, it's, it's cheap. So yeah, you can make a team and then you can slot in a, Q, a QB that can do something like the 49ers are with Brock Purdy, for example. But it, it takes... You, well, they just got really lucky with him as oh, well. Oh, without though. question. But also, Shanahan's system the on is the a last, very good uh, system. Yeah. But Brock Purdy is excelling in it, and I think that he'd excel in any system. And I think... I can't remember who it was that tweeted this, that if you had Brock Purdy as a number one pick in that offense, he'd be touted as this amazing QB. They yeah. did the right thing. They picked right because he's in, he was around seven, wasn't he? It means that he's a system QB. He's not doing, he's just doing what he's supposed to do in that system. But I think you put him into a different system, given how well he's reading the defenses. I give him a good yeah. shot at doing And well. as well, like to be fair to Desmond Ritter, he is already better than, some of the real busts at quarterback that we've seen. Yeah. Like he's already had better games the last two weeks, especially like last who? week against the Texans. Sam Darnold. Hmm. I mean, they've all had their... Sp- but has Desmond Ritter run in a 60-yard touchdown? Splashy wins. <laughs> hey, that's true. So, they've all had their, their splashy moments in the first couple of years that makes people think, oh, maybe. I don't know. I would, I'd personally sit on that analysis for a little bit of time. I mean, Christ, Tim Tebow stuck around in the league long enough, and he was terrible NFL quarterback. Yeah, maybe I mean, Johnny just... Manziel didn't do. He's he's outperformed Johnny Manziel. I will give him that <laughs> at this point in his I think, career. I think what, um, yeah, there's what's what what I think is going to happen though is unless like Ridder is, I think he's progressing, but he's kind of he's in this thing where like as you said, Ollie, he's his kind of good games are still bad games by like normal quarterback metrics. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, he, he was really safe with the ball last year and in the beginning of this year, he didn't have turnovers. And that was one of the good things about him is like a fairly safe pair of hands, but he's trying to take the next step to being a real quarterback where he can actually win games where he can move the offense down the field and put yards up. And yes, he's getting 300 yard games, but he's getting loads of turnovers as well and not enough touchdowns so it's like he's in this point where it's like he needs to progress quite quickly in this Atlanta team because of the expectations but Uh, I just I think he's going to run out of time like I don't know it just it gets this feeling where the Falcons are going to be like this all year and then we're going to be looking back at the end of the year I will be and they'll be like I don't know second in the division and we lose out closely to the Saints or the Bucks or something and then some other QB just comes in like it's a complete reset. I just think he's going to run out of time. I mean, when you're six games into a season and you look at it, okay, let's call it 18 weeks, but 17 games, obviously. Six turnovers, six touchdowns. 18 and 18 feels worse than 30 and 30 like Winston had. So at least there's 30 touchdowns there. Mm. 18 yeah. touchdowns for a starting quarterback with the weapons that are there is not a lot to be honest no. whenever i've seen the highlights of the falcons games or watched them on red zone come up ridder always looks a little bit like a deer in headlights yeah mm. and he, he doesn't like have the, the athleticism 
He doesn't have the athleticism to get out of trouble as well. And you yeah. can just, you know, when you're watching quarterbacks and you can just see the sack coming like almost instantly. Yeah. And it's not because the pressure's like so crazy from coming off the edge so quick that like any QB would get hit. It's just you just as soon as they're dropping back, you're like, oh, they're, they're going to get sacked here. And it yeah. can be they might get five seconds of time, but you're like, they're gonna get sacked here. He's he hasn't of the got, way they move, like he's not got the composure, he's looking, say, at one target too long to then go through his check downs in time. Totally. He's he got, doesn't throw it away as well. He's really bad at throwing it away. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. Although it, the definition of deer in headlights was Malik Willis this week coming in for Ryan Tannehill at the end of that Tennessee Titans game. Uh like they've wasted now two high draft picks on quarterbacks in Will Levis and Malik Willis. The Titans yeah. organization is definitely at the moment the worst run backroom on the planet. When you look that they have Ooh. wasted, they have gone for two quarterbacks in two years and still Ryan Tannehill is better to the point that beat writers apparently this week said to somebody I know was like, there's a real reason why Ryan Tannehill is sticking around. They are not high on either of these two young men, but you can't drop two QBs that you've wasted decent draft picks on yeah. getting rid of aj brown for nothing afterwards yeah. bringing deandre hopkins into a system where they can barely get the ball into his hands he's had one game not last week but the week before against indianapolis where i think it was like seven receptions for 140 yards or something and that that looked great and it was like oh d hop's going again there is no chemistry between him and ryan Tannehill, no connection and d hop's really easy to cover because there's nobody else in that receiving game that really looks like a threat at all and derrick henry has had two games this year as we kind of discussed and that's been it and he's his yardage last week was massively boosted by a big 64 yard carry out of the wildcat by the way him taking a direct snap this isn't like Derek Henry playing normal running back he had a six yard carry on the first carry of the game and I was like cool we're gonna see Derek Henry in London King Henry capital city the lines are all there he's football royalty in the home of royalty blah 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 and then it was a yard two yards a yard two yards stopped at the line of scrimmage on the next like six seven carries it was, it was useless, absolutely useless. Was it Was it pretty kind of, was that a bit of a summary of the game? Was the game overall quite boring? It, it was a poor game. I, yeah. I wish I we hadn't had it. it. I wish we'd had the Bills game being the last game in London this year because that was such a great high to go out on with the Jags winning, but the Bills coming and bringing like that US atmosphere. And then we went back to everything that makes like the London games odd to me of the kind of community mixed fan base and... I mean, more Ravens fans at Titans home game. That was clearly going to be the case, but the Ravens aren't That's great. Shocking. Ravens are not <laughs> great at all as a team. Like no. Gus Edwards, not a great runner at this point. Can't carry the load or anything like that. I mean, um, Lamar Jackson is the only thing going for them. I think in that, although Flowers and Zay Flowers had a good game. Uh, this week in London, him and Jackson had a pretty good connection. Mark Andrews didn't do too much. Was kept at That's bay. That's another thing about my fancy team. Mark, no, Andrews, Mark Andrews, just, yeah. I get him the year where he's just like, his stock oh, is dropping now. rapidly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Odell Whoops. Beckham Jr. is an old guy who's been out for a year. You know, there was a pass to him that really should have just got two hands on it and he just tried to go like casual one hand and it fell incomplete on like a third down. And you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, not... I did enjoy listening to your comms for a bit, but um, I didn't kind of get a flavour for... I don't know the game. I think I can't remember which bit I joined you on. It was Doesn't. the second quarter. 
it's quite uh it's more just like for the event as well because you just get like the sound of the crowd in the background and it did sound really loud yeah to be fair so i don't know if everybody was just super drunk but i think no i think we had <laughs> the, the effect, i think we had the effects mic turned up because we have a direct feed to the sound effects mic uh, first okay. down it on was the field, loud, yeah. so i think we had those turned up quite a bit as well um but yeah no we it, it was great fun doing it but that that last game last week and malik willis you know when you're talking about a quarterback when they drop back and every time you think they're going to get sacked? I mean, mm. he's a guy who's got legs and doesn't know how to use them. Uh, like, scrambling, to me, has always felt like a panicky word. Oh, he's scrambling away from trouble kind of thing. Like, yeah. Uh, Malik Willis was the definition of panicked scrambling like nine times out of ten in that game. And if the Titans really believe that he might be the guy to take over from Tannehill, then they're toast absolute toast i don't know how long you can run derrick henry for either we i think we may have seen the best of derrick henry not as like a snap judgment but just the amount of times he's had to carry that team on his back you can't ask a running back even a guy like derrick henry to do that for like four or five years in a row but also i wonder what they do uh in the off season with because their general manager is quite young he hasn't been there because they did fire their last guy and then vrabel is set like they're not going to get rid of him. He's a great coach, despite the talent on the. The personnel chart. is not I mean, Vrabel's makes, responsibility. Makes some weird decisions thing. though, Mike Vrabel, when quite, you've got the ball first and goal at the one yard line, and you leave Derek Henry on the field for three straight snaps as you go backwards. You need a touchdown, an ex, mm. uh, an onside kick, and a field goal to get back into the game, and you have a minute 20 on the clock, first and goal at the one-yard line after a pass interference play in the end zone. And you don't bring Derek Henry in, who isn't injured. He stood first man on the sideline at the 32-yard line on the opposite side of the field. And you decide not to bring him in for whatever reason and just run it up the gut. Instead, Malik Willis goes backwards. They have a penalty as well, so they end up back at their own 20. They end up resorting with 40 seconds to go to just kick a field goal because they've wasted time and field position he doesn't trust them to get the touchdown so then they go and obviously have to try and kick the onside kick i mean just not smart footballing decisions from the coaching staff either there in tennessee on that one like that's not a whole season obviously but i'm just saying think, it's a weird do you one. think that yeah i mean when when you start getting frustrated with like the personnel you've got and things not developing you're probably on tilt a bit so i can't imagine that he's also, gonna keep making the best decisions way. We've said before that the Titans don't really have any talent for a passing attack. So Derrick Henry, even if he was, in inverted commas, prime Derrick Henry, is never going to have the ability to find all the holes because they'll be putting eight, nine men in the box because they're not scared about the pass. Mm. So it's going to clog up all the lanes anyway. And if you're Mike Vrabel and you're thinking to yourself, I need this general manager gone because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Let me show them what this team is when we haven't got this one player. Here you go. Here's what you've here's what you've drafted for me. Look at what's going on. This is the players you're giving me. But Come if you, on, if you start doing that and losing games as a head coach, it's not just your GM that goes. You go as well. Like NFL teams don't have time to mess around with head coaches playing but we've games. We just like all that. said that Vrabel's a good coach, and you wouldn't get rid of him. You get rid of I the general th- manager. I, I can't imagine that he would get fired, even if they had a really really down season. The thing you yeah. worry about is you don't know behind the scenes, like you putting it on the GM. But like Vrabel's, I think quite a powerful coach he's certainly well respected and he's been there for like four or five years now so like i can't imagine that he is not having a big input into these player decisions as well 
So some of the responsibility has got to fall on him. I think he's not going to. He's not just sitting on the on the sidelines calling plays. Like he is, he's got Six. his fingers in those pies during the draft and stuff, isn't he? Six years as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, and this is a Titans yeah. team now that is. If you if you compare them to the rest of the AFC South, right? Jacksonville trending upwards. Indianapolis mm. have gone and got what looks like a, a solid quarterback in Anthony Richardson. Obviously, he's going to have that after the season. I was going to say, obviously, he's going to have season-ending surgery, but and they have to work out a way to keep him protected because they've been so cavalier with how they've used him and allowed him to take so many hits, and he allows himself to take so many hits, and he's doing the exact thing that young quarterbacks do coming out of mobile offenses in college and trying to do the same in the NFL. It works in your early years, and then you get hurt, banged up, and hopefully Indy haven't kind of blown that. They've also got now Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor in a great running back position. The, the Colts are trending upwards a little. CJ Stroud looks like the offensive rookie of the year at the moment. Yeah. Looks like a great quarterback yeah. in Houston. So Houston well, are trending the upwards. really shit the bird getting Bryce Young, didn't they? A little bit. But the Tennessee Titans in that division are the Panthers ones trending bird. down and trending down pretty quickly. So, like, I don't... Yeah. I, I would yeah. worry if they kind of go... There's a big chance that Tennessee go, right, complete overhaul. If Henry goes, we clear out everything. Maybe we bring in one of these young, new, fresh-faced coaches. We want the next Mike McDaniel because look what he's doing down in Miami kind of thing. That, that's not beyond the realms of possibility in Tennessee. But then what do you do at QB? Could do. If you get rid of everyone, do you also get rid of Will Levies and or Levi's, however you say his name, and get rid of Malik Willis? I think, well, you have to because... You well, would, yeah. You definitely who, get rid of Malik Willis. Not, like, say, for example, if the Titans finish with the fourth draft pick, they're not going to have the access to the best QB possible, will they? Yeah, Speaking but... of which, is supposed to be Caleb Williams this year, isn't it? Which I have also heard reports, potentially, whenever he signs for a team, he's asked for a minority stakeholder in the team. How fucking arrogant of kids. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that's because they're all making four million a year anyway. So they now want to, they already have their money to play with. They want to build investments and brands themselves, don't they? Can you because... imagine something an owner would want least than like having a quarterback come in and be like, "I want to be a minority stakeholder." In the, in the uh, you know, you It'll know. By like, the way, fuck. You know, by you. the way, that it's going to be the next Justin Herbert's going to be the next best QB in the NFL in Bo Nix, who looks like a great replacement on Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon, and is going to be yeah, it's going to be awesome. Did you and say Bo Nix? Bo Nix. Is that one word or two? Bo is his first name, like Bo Callahan from Draft Day, and Nix, yeah, N I X. It does sound very cinematic or like Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Bo it does, Nicks. doesn't it? That's and why it's going to be Nicks. great. Um, but no, you you're right in that. You know that the quarterback position is always the toughest to fill. But if you're Tennessee, go out and do exactly what you said earlier, Jazz, and build a team that is set up to just put in somebody. And at that point, there will be somebody who is available on the free agency market. Like a Gardner Minshew, well. which is doing pretty well with the Colts. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's the 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 be all and end all of backups kind of thing. I think there'll be somebody who's a starter right now will be available in free agency in the next two years that Tennessee mm. would be able to maybe hang their hat on a little bit more. But yeah, it's just. It's just interesting that they've gone from such a high point. Like you look at 2019 when you saw Henry like running all over the people and shoving them down to the ground. And Josh Norman's getting trucked out of his skin and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, to what it is now, and it's it's a stark contrast. And it's it's just what it's just what happens when you get rid of top top talent and then let your 
players get really old and you just don't have a plan for the next round of successful players. Yeah. Yeah, you're bad. holding on hoping that those older guys will get you through. It's, it reminds me of like watching Tim Henman be uh, GB's number one tennis player for like five years, too years. many. Yeah. <laughs> and like seeing him go to quarterfinal oh, after quarterfinal. He gets these. knocked out in the second round. Come on, yeah, it Tim. Reminds, Come on, Tim. It reminds oh, me of that. We were, like, we were like, where's the next good British player? And then we had to wait a while for, for Murray to come along. Murray. Like, they did not restock that stable. Yeah. Yeah, as I say, just um, an interesting one with the Titans and one, I think, to kind of to follow a little bit. Any thoughts on Julio Jones for the Eagles, by the way? <laughs> I saw I a really funny... Um... I think it's weird. Yeah, it's a really funny video of Julio Jones catching his first touchdown for the Eagles, and it had an old man on a Zimmer frame, Zimmer even frame along the <laughs> on the side of the thing. I'm I I'm like, didn't yeah, see it I coming. Mean, it's <laughs> it it's a roster, weird. it's a roster spot for kind of a coach, isn't it? Like, it, yeah. it, surely it is. Because how many snaps is he even going to play? Like, well, he ain't. Just... He's not going to play special teams. It's not like he's no. going to be the backup receiver that plays on kickoff return and punt return. So he's going to be the third down, third receiver instead of Zacchaeus. It's going to be him, yeah. Devonta Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, which as names, that sounds amazing. In yeah. practice, that sounds like... I, I genuinely think Dallas Goddard and Julio Jones are going to be your short guys. Smith takes the middle and AJ Brown takes balls over the top kind of thing, or they into like vice versa. Smith goes up, Brown goes across the middle, takes your middle routes kind of thing. So is he, is he, is he healthy, Ollie? Julio. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a reason. I don't think he'd have been signed if he was like, cause he's, he's not, you say it's a coaching spot. And I do agree with that in some extent to like, maybe help out with young yeah. receivers and stuff. But like, if he's in the building, he has to play. You don't sign Julio Jones. There's a whole dearth of like experienced receivers how much they paid for that you could bring in to be just coaches or extra assistants on the training field and stuff like that. So Julio Jones is in to play at the end of the day. But then you've got to think of it this way. Julio Jones is an offense that had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Rob Gronkowski with Brady throwing to him yeah. and didn't do anything. So... Oh no! I think all of the three, all I'm not four saying positions it's good. around him. It's a downgrade, isn't it? Really? Maybe yeah. you could argue. Yeah, I'd say all. I'd say if you had those skill position players against the Eagles ones right now, you'd pick Evans over Brown at receiver one when this is this year was there. You'd take Godwin over Smith as receiver two. Obviously, you're taking Gronk over Goddard every day of the week, and you're taking Brady over Hurts every day of the week. So he was in a better offense. So he he hasn't to say played. Productive. It's, uh, totally he hasn't played i'm just going back and looking at the stat line so i was like has it been that long he hasn't played like proper high-end like football since 2019 in terms of like delivering even for atlanta because after 2019 he had 1300 yards that season and then he got injured he played nine games then he went that was his last season in atlanta it was 2020 and then 2021 goes to Tennessee and then we know that that was a bust out and he got injured as well but he got 400 yeah. yards in 10 games which is disastrous and then as you said at Tampa Bay in 10 games as well hardly featured and got less than 300 yards so mm. 2019 I mean that I mean like I don't know I just don't know what 
there must be better receivers for the Eagles to go out and get if they're worried about their depth. I don't, I don't get it. Cue the Eddie Murphy drop. Oh yeah, <laughs> I need to find that. Oh, my thing's not working. Yeah, uh, what have you done for me lately? Um, I'm kind of I, fix it in I, post. Fix it in all post. I, all I want. I mean, it would be the best thing ever if I got because I've always like you know always enjoy watching the Eagles. And like, you know, it's fun seeing Ollie not want to kill himself when they win. It would be amazing if Julio Jones had some moments or even like one game. Just yeah. one game with the Eagles. That would be amazing for me. But I can't imagine it happening. He hasn't had a Dave, game. I'll put this five pound note on Julio Jones doesn't have a game with over 65 receiving yards for the Philadelphia but, Eagles this year. But I mean, who, I who are you betting against? With you, yeah. like we all, we're all agree, we all with, agree you. with you. I was trying to think of a good under over line of that. If you'd said 40, yeah, now that's know. an under over line. Nah, yeah, can, if you say could make 40, a lucky 30 yard catch it. and then still get like 10 one yard catches off screens or something at some point. I don't even want to bet on it as well because it's like, I don't know, it just seems a bit like sad. I like, really want yeah. What I'd love it. him to do is for him to sit down on the practice squad with Devin Allen, that um, 110-meter hurdler who's like a Olympic Olympic standard hurdler in the US, track and field mm. runner, and teaches him how to play receiver properly. Because I've, I've wanted to see him for like the last three years get a chance in an NFL game because he is lightning quick and he could take the top off any defense. Like It doesn't matter who you are. If you're the... He's, He'd be the fastest player in the end. Tyree Kill and him and Micah Parsons could have a sprint off, and I reckon he'd do him. Jalen Waddle and Rene yeah. Mostert. Yeah, would do him in a, in a sprint. But that, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. That one is an odd one as well. That one's a very odd one. Yeah. Um, can I ask you guys, uh, this is what, something I actually really wanted to talk to you to specifically about, mm. of how oh, you... you break it up with us. No, 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 no! Oh. Don't worry. I do that. In did a you buy? Place. Did you buy the Super Bowl booth? You went and did it. Nah, no, nah, I didn't. You bought the booth. Oh, he's he's no. bought the booth. We don't need talk. Who needs sport. a house? Ollie's bought the booth. Uh, Ollie's bought the booth. Ollie's bought the booth. Uh, no, uh, no. I wanted to ask you what, <laughs> what you a, what a face and what a sound. What uh, you think of uh, uh, of American football in the UK? What do I think about it? Yeah. I think it's great that it's grown in the way that it has. It feels a little bit like it's stalling to some extent because it had a massive explosion of growth in maybe the last sort of six to seven years, especially with the additional games in London. And I'm not sure if, although I'm sure the NFL UK feel like they're making all these inroads in communities and, and all the things they're doing, I'm not sure they're really getting in as much engagement as they think they are i think it's great they're in schools doing flag football that's wonderful but imagine if you were asked the people who went to each game in london how many london games you've been to you would have found a great majority of them had been to most of the games of the last so however many years i'm not sure how many new engaged fans they're getting in and but that's just me on the sidelines without any real tangible evidence of no, that no no um, but that's just my take on it. I always feel as though NFL UK stuff lacks congruence in some ways. Like we said before, they'll have the influencers that don't know shit about the game and they're just there because, oh, look, let's pay an influencer rather than 
actually trying to get something that's engaging in terms of content out of it. So that's my feeling on NFL and NFL UK. I think there's lots of things they could do much better, but what do I know? I'm not working for them and I never will work for them probably. So what do I know? Not after that speech, no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Jesus, Chaz. Way to burn your bridges. We're uh, trying to get them to sponsor us when we get the booth that Ollie's now going to no, pay no, for. No, no, it's just TalkSport. We're the, we're the sponsors yeah, yeah, for yeah. the booth. Yeah, you're the sponsors, the sponsors for the booth. Wait, so, okay, so Ollie pays for the Nothing. booth at the Super Bowl. No, I no, no, no. We, 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 we sponsor go... the booth, which therefore means Ollie gets work. So, actually, we're paying Ollie. Wait, so we pay? Yeah, we basically pay. pay an Ollie. Yeah, but they're not. But Ollie pays us on the side. No, so no, it's no, just no, like no. a. It's, it's a no, no, they they pay as an exposure, don't they? But Ollie's yeah. got, you know, loads of money. No, <laughs> Ollie's paying for the booth. Uh, right, we'll come back to it. We'll we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work that we'll out. We'll circle back later to it because we'll, I don't because I don't really understand what you guys are. No, you don't. Kind you of definitely... implying that I need to do All right. Well, yeah. No, um, your your thoughts NFL in the UK. I agree with what Jazz is saying, really. I mean, it's, I also, there's like, a, I'm trying to find a diplomatic way of saying it. No, no, because this is the thing, I don't really want to hear diplomatic, because diplomatic is yeah. an actual honest opinion. Well, it's just we have a lot of people on this podcast that I've like always enjoy talking to. And... That doesn't change it from an opinion, though. No, it doesn't. But I, I, there is a sense, I feel like, when I go on Instagram and like, you know, the stuff that I see on TV, that it is less about the kind of, football content like the x's and o's it's more about the event and the whole like you've picked up on this before like everybody wearing different jerseys and stuff and it being this kind of quite boozy kind of like celebration of like the idea of football rather than football if that makes sense mm, yes. it's like it, it makes it's very intangible like my thoughts on it but I totally agree that it kind of hasn't progressed into this place where it feels like uh, football is more popular and there's a better level of knowledge about football in the UK now the than there was 10 years thing. ago. Yes, knowledge is a big thing. But I don't know if that's just really harsh. And like I do really love some of the coverage stuff that we do get through Sky. And I don't know. like it, But it... Yeah, that's it's, it's hard for me to grow a sport, isn't it? I mean, you're trying to grow a sport in a new market, and they've been doing so since 2007. And I think yeah. if you base it off that, they've definitely been very successful. Mm. But again, the idea of the trouble you have is other fans that go to the games, do they really care about, oh, that guard is pulling to the right, so the play's going right, look at that. Do they give a crap about, oh, it's cover three, so they should be looking maybe not to, to use the flat. Oh, yeah. there's going to be a Tampa 2 defense. So there's going to be two side safeties. They can throw a post and they can get through the middle. So you, the trouble then is, are we, as people who love the game and like breaking down things and seeing past just, oh, shiny, flashy lights, are we also Says the man putting who our own expectations upon someone else when <laughs> someone else doesn't really want to do that? Yeah. That makes sense. It's like if someone watches our football, soccer, and all they like seeing is, oh, I like watching Messi play. Okay, great. Well, you're watching the game. Perfect. But you don't want to see, okay, well, yeah. why is Messi so good? Oh, it's because of the way the Bar the Barcelona midfield was playing around him. It's because of look at how he moves around a bit. Look how they build possession from the back. They're not looking at all the intricacies that get them to that point. I mean, the, the Messi thing's actually quite interesting because it's quite a good parable to what I think is maybe happening right now in that, like, people follow Lionel Messi. Yes. But 
they don't follow the sport they follow the icon the player yeah so into miami has extra 30 million people join their social feeds but also when Lionel messi gets sent like subbed off there are people leaving the stadium because they're not fussed about seeing into miami play they're fussed about seeing Lionel messi play not in the exact same way with nfl in the uk but i think i think nfl in the uk has done a brilliant job right in terms of we have games in this country that mean and make a difference to the season we've had divisional games which are arguably Mm -hmm. some of the most important games for teams we've had some of the best players in american football history come and play in london you know brady ladanian tomlinson rogers yeah i mean like breeze rivers gronk erlacher you can you can tick so many kind of boxes of of iconic players that have played adrian pierce yeah as i say the list goes on (laughs) but um but i think there's a combination of we get i think as a country very used to stuff to some extent and I think, you know, this game wasn't sold out this week. Or was it not? You get tickets. There were, and there were tickets being sold as well, even on like second hand for 60 quid to go to that game this weekend. That's a cheap ticket for most sporting events, let alone one mm. that, you know, you only have three games a year in your country kind of thing. Um, and they said like, oh, 61,000 tickets sold and all that kind of stuff. But that's like sold and actually sold, you know, there were... A few empty seats around the place. Not so visible that you're like, ooh, that's bad. Not like a, you know, FA Cup semi-final. But not <laughs> yeah. not sold. So that that was kind of interesting. Also, the sport is now something that people attend to be at the sport. I mean, Christ, we have people attending Jets games. Uh, sorry, Chiefs games at the Jets to just be in the same stadium as Taylor Swift. They don't care about the sport. Ticket prices double because of that kind of entity, Nonsense. that person going to that game. So sport isn't necessarily going to watch the sport anymore. Hundreds of people go to the F1, not to watch the F1, but to be at the F1 because it's now a very glamorous promotional thing on mm. their, so- their social medias, other people's social medias. The sports social media crisis makes it look glamorous. And I think we have reached a peak with the way we're going with NFL coverage that now hardcore fans are starting to lose out a little bit to some extent. I'll be honest. Uh, so, when we went to the game, sorry, before I just interrupt there, the game we went to, Dave, mm. how unbelievably annoying were the majority of the fans sat around us? Yeah, it it it, it really. I mean, I mean, if it wasn't fact you were there, and if I was out, if they, say I'd gone into that game on my own to watch it, I would just walked home. Walk, that's a long walk queues. home. Yeah, I beaten the queues, gone to the the thing without any trouble. I mean, you could say that at a lot of sport, though. I suppose. I mean, all when sports. I used to go, when all I used sports. to go and watch Fulham all the time, like you know, I would have people like not yeah. interested in the game or like just there for. Because it was on a Saturday, or yeah. like people that would say crazy shit about uh-huh. like players or or I don't like necessarily tactics mind crazy stuff. stuff like, that's just because that's sense. like loads of people are allowed opinions. I just think there's a going for the Instagram culture is more. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, frustration with that. It's, it's a like, different point. Yeah, but I think I think we have more NFL on television than we've had in a long time, but we also have. 
less good analytical breakdown, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, Jeff Reinbold's amazing and probably the best analyst that Sky Sports have. We don't get him all season. He's busy coaching. 100%. That's no bickering with that whatsoever. I was told something very interesting. I don't... Not enough people listen to this podcast for it to matter. But I was given... I was told by somebody that they've been told, chain of whispers, that Jason Bell is told not to be too analytical and break things down in coverage. They want, in in NFL coverage, they want Jason Bell, the character, being all vibrant and happy, not necessarily Jason Bell breaking down X's and O's. Because Mm. they think that people don't want to get that. They want a fun, vibrant, happy... Oh, studio well, well. or whatever you I know think bring in the, nail on bring the, in the of... youngsters bring in the yeah. bring in the kind of newbies and don't freak them out with too many x's and o's and everything like that and so that that was interesting the the social media kind of stuff i mean did i send you the link of the t- the guys going off to tennessee the trailer no. for that thing uh, one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life <laughs> nfl uk oh, wow. put this put this video out two influencers who i've never heard of in my entire life i don't really socialize with many influencers i don't really pay attention to any of them anyway but apart from dre they get sent to tennessee to go and get a tour of the titans game and go uh, of the stadium go and see a titans game and they get given like jerseys and all this kind of stuff and inside the first few minutes of this video these two influencers are like, yo, man, we're going to go and check this this thing out, like the NFL and stuff. NFL UK have asked us to go. It's going to be amazing. Goes off. Vikings playing the Eagles. They're in a bar watching that game. And this guy's like, man, Eagles are going to crush them. Eagles are going to beat the Vikings. And this is coming from a Vikings fan watching this game. And the influencer says, no, how are you going to say that about your team, man? Like, I'm going with the Vikings. I believe. I believe. It's like, what are you on about? And this guy says a few names about, uh, I think he kind of mentions like Jerry Rice and stuff to this bloke. And the influencer guy goes, I don't even know what you're saying right now, but I'm going to learn. And it's like, you've just said you believe in the Vikings, but you've just admitted that you have no idea what this sport is about or who Jerry Rice and people like that are. And I'm not saying you have to like have read through the history of the NFL to be considered a fan or anything like that at all. But when you admit that you don't understand the fundamentals in terms of the rules of the game and the sport, but then you stick a, you five minutes before that, you've said, you got about the Vikings, I'm taking them, I well, believe. I think it's just, believe, just more just that... Like, I think what, it's just what is, more that they're even putting out content about American football, that they're being paid by... Like anything to do, to do with the that. NFL but that, but or also, NFL UK to do it. That's in theory content that's going out on social media to influence people, which but you're going to attract the wrong people. It doesn't tell you like... anything. Yeah, it doesn't tell you anything about the game, and it's not attracting fans that are going to be sustainable. It's attracting Taylor Swift fans watching Travis Kelsey. Games. Oh, definitely. Well, I I mean I think that they sh- there should be a lot more emphasis put into trying to attract the like fans of rugby to like to the nfl like that's, the that is your out. like that should be your target stop, audience stop the war of the east stains and the west stains massive <laughs> bring rugby and american football together together, together. Save the john nike leisure center exactly yeah uh, but it's and it's so interesting and i also had um a chat with somebody who is kind of 
knows stuff about how stuff is seen back in America and discussion of how the NFL is approached in the UK is not necessarily pleasing what New York are seeing of how it's being like pushed the kind of mm. forced cultivation of the the fashion brand type stuff with the NFL when actual creating fans of the sport aren't created through that way you can reach yeah. a million people three of but those people a, will engage with it yeah, you can reach it's a shallow a shallow trench yeah dug yeah and and i think that combined with what was one of the coolest things i've genuinely seen in american football which was the fans in germany last year sticking around in munich for like an hour after the game they've got the bars open still in the stadium so everyone's in the stands just kind of enjoying it and the whole of that stadium is full and they're singing country road and all the american broadcasters were like this is incredible the game's over it's been over for like 45 minutes and they're still in this ground they're still singing they're still loving the fact that the nfl is here and i think like to an extent the uk has opened up the idea to european games and everything like that and made it feasible and we've been like a really good guinea pig but that moment right there a tr connected with an american audience more than anything else that's ever happened in terms of the fans relation uk fan relationship with the nfl and the nfl players because when trevor lawrence comes over and speaks in press conferences about uk fans it's still oh, well they do still sing at the wrong times and they do love it when the kickers are out because they're kicking the ball it's still like a comedy that these british fans oh they don't really know what's going on but they're having a good time whereas the german fans i think are treated with a lot more respect because of in part i think that moment and obviously the history with nfl europe in germany and the connection that they've had to the game over the years which people in america know about and mm. i think now nfl uk or nfl sorry in the uk not nfl uk the brand but nfl in the uk is still looked at like as a i can't believe you guys know anything about this derek henry took a picture with somebody from the uk nfl media quickly on a, a quick selfie and as the guy was taking it derek henry was like and you know who i am and it's like i'm a member of the english nfl media here to cover your press conferences how do i not know who derek henry is kind of thing was the guy's reaction oh she said oh you're the you're the qb for the ravens right <laughs> but that's Jackson, not gonna be, yeah that's not going to be different in germany though is it i mean you, no. you'd be even more incredulous if a journalist in in germany knew i don't i don't were. i don't again though i don't know about that because i think the nfl journalist fans and kind of populace in germany is treated more sincerely than the nfl journalist and fans are in the uk mm. i think people in the us would be less astounded because of the whole old school you know four nfl europe teams were dotted around um frankfurt hamburg berlin etc back in the day i think there'd be more americans that'd be like oh yeah germans probably know a bit about it we saw that country road thing they were all enjoying the game still they were stuck behind for ages just loving it and everything and they have that history i don't know i just I think we've get getting to a real tip. The crown's going to get stolen. There, well, there's Although, a there was also a very strong rumor of 
there is going to be way more investment in the future into NFL Germany than there is going to be in NFL UK. That's something that's been flying yeah. around press rooms for the I, last two weeks. I mean, does weeks, it so. feel like, I feel like with this might just be a, a lack of German knowledge on my part, but I know they love football in Germany, but like they don't play rugby or not at a like country level. They don't play cricket. No, NFL is a really play... big sport there instead. You, yeah, I'm those. just saying that yeah. the UK is actually quite saturated for sports. Like we have loads of major sports that people like really, really love and they're super have committed done for to. Centuries. Yeah, there might be like more of a room for a second sport or for a primary sport. If you're in Germany, you don't love football, like soccer. I don't really know. I know they like handball and stuff. They've got some other niche sports, but like the major world sports. Yeah. I don't think Tennis. they really tennis yeah but that's very niche and it's not a it's not a team sport so it's not as like the yeah, different you're not going viewing out experience a a you play doubles yeah it's quite an elite sport as well it's normally associated with like yeah you know middle or upper middle so class let, let's just let's just break this down slightly further then shall we i'm going to tell you what made me into a bigger fan of the nfl then i want you both to tell me that as well so what made you understand the game what made you really enjoy it and then we can see if we have a shared point to it or if we can see if our experiences are completely wildly different so mine was i remember watching sky sports on maybe a christmas holiday and they had a sky uh, one of the playoff games and i just randomly watched it and thought oh this is a fun game i'll, I'll buy madden when i was like 14 and did that and then played madden and thought i have no idea what the hell's going on why doesn't if i just do four verticals and four streaks why can't i just throw the ball every time not understanding a single thing Mm. Put, it, put it away for a few years then come back to it a few years later when the Steelers had their Super Bowl run see the first play I see of an NFL in my that I really remember now was that with the bus Jazz sorry I'm yeah, just thinking of years 2005 or something is it yeah, yeah. Super Bowl okay. 40, like a replay or a, something like that and the first play I see is Troy Polamalu picking off Peyton Manning so you see the big long flowing hair running around is like oh he's the best so I'm just going to support him so I've always been with sports a player a supporter which then leads to the team supporting. So as a soccer fan, football fan, I loved Ryan Giggs as a kid. So I started United Support United. Granted, my dad was a United fan too, so he may have helped push me that way too. That's how I started to like the game and started to watch it and do more of it. Then I got to uni, my mate Steve, massive Giants fan, was far more into the game than I was. And so I started watching it more and taking more of interest in that because of him. And then starting to play at uni. And the thing that really made me a fan of the NFL and maybe understand it, was NFL Total Access, watching stuff on the NFL Network and watching Brian Baldinger break stuff down and really say, okay, this is why this play worked. And then as soon as I started watching that, I thought, oh, I can understand all this now. I can see past just the the ball going here and ball going there. I can understand why that has happened and how that concept of those players running in different levels allowed the defense to not be able to cover them both. Or watch how the offensive line created the hole for the running back and see how he saw where the hole was going to be and then cut back into it. It made me understand the game far better. And then that meant that if I then played Madden, I understand Madden better and I could play that to a higher level. But it's all those things together that made me a fan. And none of it was ever going to see a game because we didn't have that as an option. Granted, I went to see the Saints um, Saints Chargers game in 08, which was a fantastic Great game. Great game. Great Fucking game. brilliant game. The trouble with that was I... Me and Steve had driven down from Newcastle to Lincoln that weekend and stayed there Friday night, Saturday night, then drove from Lincoln to Wembley, which was like a four and a half hour drive, and then had to get back to Newcastle that night. So the main memory I have of that game is just driving and being dead the next hmm. day. 
so my involvement and my understanding and my knowledge of the game was built around me watching other things on TV that were based on to American fans, not to UK fans. The NFL network is not for us. It's for everyone, but it's also based on NFL fans in the America in America's learning things. And it's a great way of learning how schemes and concepts and how things work. And that's what really made me a inverted commas, a true fan of the game. That's my, that's my experience. That's my journey. Well, just, just on that jazz is that things like NFL game day morning, aren't designed for the hardcore nfl fan anyway the thing that the nfl has done is they've been really good at look it's the biggest sport in the us and everything so it makes it a lot easier anyway more people are watching it it's more readily available etc but nfl game day morning provides football entertainment with a little bit of context that is enough to keep people kind of who really like the sport watching it without overwhelming people but yeah. they don't dumb it down to an extent. You know, Angry Runs is as close as they get to dumbing things down. But it's still very, I think, attainable for somebody that has watched a bit of NFL to pick up a few interesting pieces without yeah. being like, oh, this is rubbish, I don't get it. Like, it just yeah. requires attention more than anything else. And so working, it's almost for the NFL working a way to get people to concentrate. It's not about attention. Everyone can look at something and be like, click, like, click, like, whatever. It's about getting people to concentrate on what you're putting out. Because when you concentrate, that's when you understand more. Sorry, let's go back to your question though, um, Dave. Your What was your love? journey to fandom? Well, mine is a story of friendship, Jazz. It's always been about Ollie Wilson and American football for me. So it's no wonder that we started doing a podcast. I remember watching the first games I watched with Super Bowls with Ollie in your parents' house and falling asleep because I didn't have the same level of like interest as you. But I was I like, oh, I want to stay out with my pal. Early. You always yeah. sleep early. Well, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, even then. I was like 15 and uh, still falling asleep early. But yeah, I watched, watched a few games then and then went to uni the year after Ollie to Aberystwyth and played American football because I was like, oh, I'll start something new. Ollie's playing. That'll be fun. <laughs> and uh, met a load of his bozo pals. Uh, and then I I didn't really know a lot about American football when I played it. I knew the least oh, we could that tell. I knew about American football <laughs> you when played I played cornerback, it. cornerback, so you didn't have to know much. No, it was literally just like we played man or cover two. So it was like for an idiot like me who didn't take the time to learn the game was like just the easiest thing ever. Did they teach um, you not to swat the ball into the opposite player's hands? No, I did, I no we, Dave no, was sick that lesson, that, actually. Uh, yeah. Skip that <laughs> training, Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> skip that training. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, so and then after uni, so it wasn't, it wasn't until the reason I started getting so involved in American football and then we started, you know, talking about it more and, I started really, really getting involved in the Falcons in like 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. that season. So like two Sounds years right. before the the Super Bowl run um, was because I realized that I just had enough of, you know, British soccer, football. And I didn't like the way the money was. and Which is funny going to this sport with even more money in it. Yeah, but a socialist element to it, which yes, has evened course. it up. But I got sick of like supporting Fulham 
uh and knowing that our kind of heights were going to be like like we got to a uefa cup final and i knew that was going to be the most the best thing that was going to see fulham do i remember well yeah you do yeah you do remember <laughs> well but yeah that was for me so it kind of like coalesced where like i kind of like missed american football when i actually played it really because i didn't really watch it that much i just watched it with the guys like when it was on i wasn't i didn't even have a team then it was a good and then, night out with a beer wasn't it sunday yeah, yeah and then i left you know we left uni uh 2010 and then yeah it took like another four or five years before i was like right i need to get get into this so i kind of like came back to it um and um really like embraced choosing a team and like getting on board yeah so that's that's what i did but ollie has been there throughout so it's probably ollie's like your, uh, ollie's your constant like definitely. ollie's my yeah he's you know he's a constant come on you'll like this life. come on it's good it's good come on <laughs> The water's warm, dude. No, I, is it because I mean, you pissed in it? No, nah, it's no fine. don't worry about that. Um, no, I mean I got it into it because it was Saturday morning, an hour highlight show. It was perfect for a young kid with a minimal attention span to see highlights of this kind of sport. That the more I watched it, the more I was intrigued by it. Like Denver Broncos, I remember just liking the kind of blue lid orange jersey of the denver broncos gold lid red jersey of the north of the 49ers kind of thing like that stuff like that just stuck out as a young kid and then something that was different uh and looked very unique on television straight after the italian football on a saturday and it was but even then like it it was presentation with gary imlach on channel four that didn't dumb it down it just gave you like enough bite-sized bits that you would get to know the game how it was played a bit without doing the well guys it's a first and 10 and that means they need 10 yards to get a first down like that slow yeah. explaining of it that always does my head in anyway because i don't think that appeals to fans because you're talking down to people and people don't like being talked down to so if you just show people stuff that's what again why red zone so good you're showing people the best bits of american football that attracts a lot of people into it and then they mature and start watching the games in full once they realize the kind of enjoyment of swings of momentum, or they just stay and watch red zone and enjoy just like the highlight stuff. And people can do that as well. But that was how I got here. Yeah. But that was how I got into it was not being talked down to. We're just entertaining sports programming with a charismatic presenter telling me and showing me kind of a, a different side of a game that then I kind of, you know, learned about, a bit through Madden as well. Madden 2001 was the be one of the best games on the PlayStation 2, without a doubt. Like all the reviewers said it and everything. It was a great sports game. I love sports. I like playing video games. That helped. That was the kind of Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk era at that point. Um, Eddie George was on the front cover for the Tennessee Titans. I never even played Madden. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I never did any of the like normal stuff. I get the but... feeling you wouldn't be very good at Madden, Dave. Why is that? Because from memory, I don't remember you being very good at video games in general. Uh, I could be wrong, and I'm just maybe completely underselling you here. But I never played them much on my own. So me and you used to play them when we were kids, and I would play them with folk. Mm. But like, yeah, I didn't have the patience to go off and play them on my own. Like, I never had consoles and stuff. Yeah. So like if you're I was probably to play with right. FIFA, for example, I reckon I'd wipe the floor with you. Well, I never played it. So that's the thing. Yeah, so yeah, maybe if you did play it, you might not be that bad. But I mean, it's it's that's the reason why I just I never. I got really good at Halo too because uh, 
I used to smoke weed and, and play Halo 2 a lot in uni. So oh, nice. when I should have been learning to not bat the ball down into wide receiver's hands. Forgot yeah. that lesson. See, weed is forgot a terrible lesson. gateway drug. Just yeah. going back to the... Going <laughs> Leads back to, to lost American football games. Yeah, weed's the gateway to the losing the Welsh Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the original point, I just, like I think the, uh, the Around the NFL podcast was like massive for me as well. And that's why I, out of a sense of loyalty, I still listen to it. But now even though i accept you guys again do you, do you, know, you know why though it, but why it's good that has been huge for me because they're entertaining and they don't dumb it down but they no, can exactly. still say it That's to an audience that like yeah works that it, it, it hits a mass group of people and you don't even realize you're learning while you listen it's like the perfect training aid for getting into american yeah, yeah. football that yeah, sort yeah. of thing yeah. but they're and they they're like celebrities now like when they come in you saw it you know at the the London game. Oh my like, god! I had I. I tell you about people this. People going nuts for them. Did I tell you about chatting with Greg this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He tapped to the Fire. shoulder. Yeah, came up. Was like, hey man, how That's you doing? So nice, like, classy. Oh, hey, Greg, that he came how to you say doing? Hello. Yeah, yeah, good. Like had a bit of a chat, and then like the rest of the flock come in, and you're like, oh, trying to have a gosh. chat with my friend Greg Rosenthal here. Like, geez, guys, come on. No, it was very cool. He also managed to. He found a hoodie outside at the um at one of like the stalls that said Rainmaker on it. But it didn't have anything to do with money. Like, it was just uh, like a ball being thrown. Uh, so somebody's obviously picked up on that slogan and created like a cheap mm. hoodie of it. So he was there in his like tweed jacket, but with Rainmaker hoodie underneath it as well. It was very, Amazing. very odd, but very cool. Um, that yeah, so quite... they're a big, th they're a big thing. Because they've been going since like, I think they started doing it in like 2012 or something like that, I want to say. So they've been going a long time. And I think mm. I joined them in like the third season. And that was like that was massively helpful for me, especially when they had Wes because he was like, yeah, I found uh, them very helpful breaking him down and... personnel and understanding more of like the team making decisions. That really really helped. Yeah, I think as well. Like uh, even now, they all make good points, but like Greg consistently That's seems correct about people. He's just yeah. got like he's not only got good taste about like players that I like as well, but like he's got a good. He eye just for... seems to get it right. And that's what that rainmaker thing is a bit. But like, if you did bet on his like predictions, you more often than not you're going to make money because he's he is pretty pretty spot on most of the time. So okay, last thing kind of on this, just and this is probably the bigger question of all of it. You, ru okay, let's hypothetical scenario that is all based on rumors, right? But rumor is New York necessarily don't believe that the uk is in the in like going down a right approach with like the influencer style or whatever you need to create and generate nfl fans not watch it and leave but people that are going to engage with the sport for a long period of time you're looking at somebody who's never seen it before and in five years you want them to be buying like a DAZN package which would be the worst decision they could ever do because DAZN have ruined i got my refund Hey, and I got my fucking refund. Those they've cuts. ruined everything that's been good about Game Pass. And I know Andre Dixon works for them, and these are the views not of Andre Dixon or Verge Magazine <laughs> whatsoever. This is my this is not, Ollie Dre's Wilson not like this personal <laughs> opinion okay. on all of this. The zone of ruined Game Pass because you can't download games and take them with you. You can't watch a full game in two hours with just no adverts. Can you, you not download games now? You can't download games and take them. They've taken... That sucks. 
They've taken the classic Super Bowls off. You can't watch full classic Super Bowls every single one like you used to be able to, which is weird because we had a lot of fun doing that in lockdown when we needed to watch games and stuff. You can't just sit down and watch like the old school games anymore on it. There's a load of things that they've done, so we're getting charged more to get less out of it. But whatever. Um, How are you or what, what process do you think should be taking place in this country with American football to try and generate fans if it isn't down a social media, Instagram type, influencer type way? Difficult, isn't it? Because how do you get the message out to people without using social media and giving social media? You can use social media, but you, like rather than doing like, we sent two random people that know nothing. That's the question. If you're trying to appeal to the people who are younger, you have to go down the influencer route, but the trouble is trying to find an influencer that cares about the game. Do you go down the influencer route? To well, get to I the just, younger audiences, you would have to, because they're not going to click on the NFL randomly, are they? I don't know how they... Um, I mean, like all three of us played American football, so that is obviously a huge part of... Even though I wasn't super into it when I was playing, obviously when I came back to, like, watching the game later on having played it you know adds a level of connection with it so i don't know how much resources they're putting into clubs and university but that would be what i would think is actually like getting people to play in the hands if you yeah and like i know like um like phoebe Schechter does the uh the flag football women's Mm -hmm. flag football and that's getting more popular that's just she she said on her instagram it was going to be at the next olympics which is a pretty big deal yeah which has annoyed all the netball crew it's very <laughs> funny the the number of chief <laughs> netball people that have come out and been like what the hell is flag football netball sucks so that's what i would say to all those hey, people. T- say that to hannah wilkes man she hosts it on sky sports we can bring up that i'm debate sorry hannah. <laughs> I, re- I really love hannah wilkes but netball sucks it's basketball with all the fun squeezed out of it but yeah like flag football and like I don't know if there's, is there, a, there should be, that would be where I would put all the resources into is sponsoring and putting money into and encouraging like, like paying for American coaches to come over to the UK and paying for UK coaches to go out to the US and get some experience and like, just put all the money into that and build it that way, like organically rather than this superficial liking a meme on instagram that's what i would say but maybe they're doing that stuff like i'm not plugged into it i don't know Mm. yeah but i suspect not it'd be quite interesting if we think about it if every time we have someone on from now on we ask them how they started to get into the game to find out each person as we get on what what made them fall in love with it because we've had three very different outcomes one has been based on you watching sport and tv me similar dave because he likes being your friend. I like Ollie, yeah. 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 Um, so it's just that's interesting to see how it those ways had different paths to get to the same spot, really. It'd be interesting to see what, say, Phoebe's answer was to that, or or Hannah's Hannah Wilkes's one is, or um, or Dre's even. I mean, the, the, everyone would be interested to see what their answers would be. It's interesting, just because I had a look on NFL UK's YouTube channel. The numbers are like scary low in terms of, you know, 200 views on that social media thing. 
Christian Scotland Williamson has a thousand views on his chat with like Daniel Sturridge. And Daniel Sturridge is like a big NFL fan, which was, he said it was really surprising. I like, didn't know that about him. Um, it sounded pretty like a kind of good conversation and stuff from what was said. But at the same time, um, you know, like sounds like a very interesting piece of a discussion with somebody who's played the game and is talking to a fairly high caliber sportsman who's played at the highest level in English football. But everything else is like two, three hundred views. Like it's it's low on their YouTube channel. I'm just looking through their Instagram account now, and the you know some of the NAF stuff gets a few thousand views on their reels and things like that. Like, but the biggest views are the content of the actual sport. You know, Marlon Humphrey walking off the field, interception at London, the Titans running out at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Justin Tucker just practicing from kicking field goals from the logo. Like, the tat stuff doesn't get as much. Even, you know, Phoebe and a flag football feature, you know, has 25,000 views compared to, like, eight 9,000. There's a highlight that gets 1.9 million views of, uh, of Zay Flowers going into the end zone on that. So I would have thought, looking at this, that the content that gets the most views is stuff when it is the American footballers rather than the the, fluff that goes around it as much of the kind of other stuff, so to speak. Um, And look, I could be wrong. I've not done enough of a deep dive on this account to really, and I'm never going to, to be honest. Um, My, I, I don't know the idea I had is a way like what has America done well recently? With things like a show that Jazz used to quote all the time in the Pat McAfee, the in the Viaduct, the Manning, the Manning cast on uh, Monday Night Football and stuff like that, like those things have taken the game and brought it into a fun aspect, but they haven't brought it down too much either. They're still, you know, the Manning brothers will still break down plays during the game, like a Romo and stuff like that. But they also have interviews with people that are engaging and all that kind of stuff. I don't love the Pat McAbee show. I've gone off it quite a bit, in fairness. It's well, so sold out to ESPN and everything. Right? I mean, the trouble. it is really, it's um, like a, a f- kind of crazy fake level of brodom that I'm, I maybe I would have enjoyed when I was brodom, like 18. I like yeah. But, but, but I'm just, I'm just like saying that now. I think what it was good at back in the day, especially in its early years, like everything, when everything gets big, it gets worse almost right but yeah in the early days they were good at still having like fun entertaining sports discussion with great char- charisma that McAfee does have i mean he is very charismatic he's great right? yeah. oh, it's questions. probably the stuff around McAfee that i don't like it I, so I like see i like all them because it feels to me when you watch that show when i used to watch it a lot more or listen to the highlights or whatever it's just us but them if that makes sense. Yeah, it's relatable. It's you and your mates talking sport. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I genuinely think there is a way for NFL UK to get like Christian, for instance, who speaks brilliantly and is a mm. former player and everything like that and work the angle by getting NFL players on. Do a show once a Tuesday that you put up, you do live, stream it live, and then you have it standing online as your after Monday night football. Here's a Tuesday afternoon like Christian and somebody else, somebody that knows the game and is like charismatic, like Will Gavin from TalkSport, for instance, like can just talk and talk and kind of 
present that show bring the intellectual side bring the relatability of just being a guy who works at talk sport and does a very good job in broadcasting and everything like that but ollie wilson in there I as wouldn't, well wouldn't necessarily want to do it personally okay. i don't think i'd have the uh i think me pushing trying to do the humor side would go very badly very quickly um but yeah and christian's like had a, a guest on with the heavies you yeah with yourself. <laughs> but then get nfl players on like nfl yeah. uk get the link with the nfl like what what looks like nfl at this point on that site is when they have players and stuff happening also you're the nfl right so you can have the highlights in your show of like clips from the games and talk about it and suddenly you can have like a two-hour breakdown show with highlights fun analysis that isn't necessarily the streamline sky sports one which they did amazingly last year an hour and 20 minute show with phoebe and neil reynolds was actually really good on a tuesday at breaking stuff down but if you want to go down that like attracting a younger audience you can bring in that different edge to it to some extent don't go too base don't be like you know the advertising for the europa league in the past and stuff like that let's just be what it is the sport is great you don't need to sell it as sport and fashion you don't need to sell it as sport and and hip-hop or, or indie music or whatever you don't have to relate it to any other culture you just have it as this is a sport this is why it's great here are some big names talking about why it's great and also here's a bit of fun that we're having like soccer am used to be back in the day as well you could do oh, something like that with america so with american football but you could do that into reels or tiktoks really easily too think of how long an nfl player is you could happily do something with that and around it with that with great ease to make it into the simple easily digestible scrolling thing people look for all the time you could easily do that. It's not like you've got a, uh, a. I'm trying to think of an example, like the last few minutes of the Ireland New Zealand game of the day, where the last four or five minutes was just epically tense. You couldn't do yeah. a reel of that because you wouldn't want to skip out any of the little bits that happened. Mm. But NFL play, what ten seconds tops? Yep. You could do the whole thing. Plus, have it before. Here's us talking about what's about to happen. Show what happens. Annotate it in stupid ways, like they do in the Nickelodeon ones, while it's happening. And then show the end of it and have a little funny thing at the end or just finish it there. You could do that within a 30-second clip quite easily. Have we just made up our little business for ourselves here, by the way? Make it genuine as well. Like, Do you think do you think that a way of just like broadening this out is just because you said about soccer, soccer AM, they used to have like a live audience as well? Mm. Yeah. And, and they would have like people just standing around and then sometimes they would go and do funny stuff with them. They'd pull people out and get them to do free kicks and like... The fans that were there were like a part of the show. Yeah. I wonder if you could have some element where you like have, I don't know. Like I know Hannah's done stuff where she's gone to like she went to that bar. Was it was that for the Bills game or? Do you have like you could, you could do a soccer M style thing where it's like every fan you got to sit they got to like throw fifteen touchdowns top bins kind of thing. Yeah, uh, with many I touchdowns in could... a minute or something like that. I mean that would be a cool thing where like you're actually you're part of the show. And you're getting if you got like good players coming in from America that are sitting there, they would be like, "Wow, like that." I would want to go and like stand there or sit there and like and watch that and interview with. But who's going to pay for it? Because fundamentally, that's a show you'd have to have someone paying for it. Um, well, unless unless you go well, NFL UK, don't they? Have... Yeah, but they're not going to. This sort of money you're talking about or level of production you require. If you do that and say a Sky Sports studio like you would for Soccer AM, for example, there's a reason why Soccer AM is, is unfortunately finished because it lost its ability oh. to do really well after it. They lost more and more of their people that were on it. So yeah. 
and also who's going to watch it. The trouble so, you have is we live in a world now of quick consumption to watch it whenever you want. So if you have it on YouTube, great, but then you're going to have to have full-on production and a studio and a set to do so. And then if you're going to have fans appear, are you just going to hope they turn up? But, but Sky well, they, could do that if they wanted to. The, well, no, again, the, is there someone who's going to watch it? Because if they're not going to put out... A, so a, the, a the beauty show, of it, of it. doing it, say, streaming it live, having it as a standalone on YouTube as well, is that you can make that available to all audiences. If it's NFL yeah. UK, you can have it a, a global audience anyway. So in theory, if you get the right, like, interview with whoever coming up this week or we, we have a chat we have a five minute and, chat yeah. with like you know um mike mcdaniel just quickly on a tuesday like it's first thing tuesday morning mike that was a tough game blah blah all that kind of stuff like doesn't have like that garners attention so that gets then and as you say stuff gets cut up into reels clips instagram kind of thing so you're not just building you're building a platform that generates clips but also generates a larger content and allows people to go to a larger content to get context about the sport find out a bit more about it engage with it a bit more without it being pandered to so to speak so or spoken like, down to a bit like making wayne's world but nfl uk kind of yeah yeah and just give it give it personality without forcing a personality on it let that personality kind of grow from it a little bit organically that's that's the key thing as well. Make it feel organic as opposed to, yeah. Here's what we set up. You know, again, look, Gazetta Football Italia was amazing, but that happened organically because James Richardson was a producer on it. And he's they asked, so good. And they asked him to do. He's they asked him so good at his job. They asked him mm-hmm. to do an interview, and they needed they needed somebody to do it, uh, get James to do it, and he did it, and he did it with that James Richardson air about him and that's what made him who he became in the end the face of and host of the Italian football show and then one of the best sports presenters in this country he's so good I watched him on the BBC Sports uh, Champions League goals show the other day I was like oh why is he not doing everything TNT why is he not on everything sorry yeah TNT Sports my bad yeah can't we can we bring him in to do this this fictional program that'd be amazing I'd love to see James Richardson doing that I don't know I just there is a way to do this thing where the UK can garner that interest back from America and look serious. And there is I also... I like the soccer aim idea, because I think that if you can appeal to it based on a humorous kind of side, and almost have a little bit of touch of nostalgia in there for the old soccer aim fans, but not obviously copy soccer aim, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, we've got just... the cheerleader instead of the soccerette. Yeah, get the birds out. Yeah, Jazz, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, you get a bird out. Yeah. Uh, Go on, yeah. A, Bit of FHM, Jazz. Oh, loaded nuts. Go on. He started a new um, channel recently because he left his old one. Who's um, that? Matt Blois used to be on TXG, then TXG got bought by Club Chambi. Long story. And one of the things he's doing with his show is whenever he has a, a guest on, he's doing almost like the star in a reasonably priced car that Top Gear did. Apart mm. from he's given them a specific driver that to use, a stock driver, a stock head or whatever, and he's given them 10 drives without seeing where the ball goes, and they've got to get the highest score they can, so the longest distance and the least offline, and then doing like a leaderboard off it. I was like, oh, that reminds me of like Top Gear when it was really good. I was like, oh, I really like to watch this because it just has that little bit of nostalgia to it. Without you being over-the-top nostalgia, like, because there's so much stuff that is nostalgia, unfortunately. And Completely. I'm not trying to say you should pin it everything on yeah. it, but have smattering of it so it's there's like oh a little smile oh I remember this sort of thing yeah yeah like the top bins thing that's a really back good when idea. you could say what you wanted to say yeah jazz is that what you're saying back when you didn't have to be censored by the thought police I yeah I won't, I won't give you the next line of that but I'll give it you later or you could have uh, you could have like um, 
you know, a risk, this... uh, like quarterback machine, and you just have people like running routes. Can and you make be a really catch? funny because they'll get hit in the face and stuff. Yeah, make a catch. Like, how many catches can your team get? Uh, you got to you got to catch it after the ten yard line, so it's got to be at least a ten yard catch for a first down. One minute, three, two, one, go. I don't know something. Uh, yeah, something interactive. But I think we're probably just like, yeah, we're harking back to a like early noughties kind of thing because that's what we like know and we enjoyed then. But like, you know, that's maybe that's just not what's going to engage with younger people. But I don't know. It just seems, uh, yeah, it seems like um, an interesting idea. But Ollie, I mean, you're in the industry. Be the change you want to be. Like, I I, you know, I really don't know how to because I'm already start thinking... the show already thinking that i will get uh like i mean i'm not on any nfl uk lists anyway judging by the amount i'm i didn't get any emails i had to ask for the emails about when the pr stuff was this week and i'm not saying like i'm mr barry big bollocks or anything like that i'm definitely not and i love the fact that most people in those nfl rooms don't know me or anything like that but they do know that i'm going and they do know that i'm commentating on the games so it would be nice just to get the email to be like by the way, all the press conference stuff is here, 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 and here at these times, as opposed to like me being like, hey guys, is there any chance I could maybe find out when on earth any of the... I don't know. So people at NFL UK either don't know me or don't like me or all of the above, and it's probably for making comments like I have made already and talking about <laughs> things like how uh, I've heard rumours around offices and from people and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, everything I've said is just rumours that I've been told by people in press offices. Uh, not even press offices, just in the media room from various different journalists and things like that and other opinions but i don't know i I think if there's enough people saying those sorts of things you do have to look and wonder if why are people saying that and therefore what else would work they're going down one way what about something else good discussion i think you know we should ask the question more of people as well when we have them on the pod Mm. yeah should we do some bets quickly and wrap up sorry that we got very yeah boy um no that was really that was really interesting uh listen to you i don't know about that we'll see if it was okay yeah yeah let's we'll see how see how people do i'll, I'll warn dre as well like uh by the way mate <laughs> you might want not want to put this one up on verge's stuff <laughs> you might just want to let this one sit yeah. on our own on our own one for now does it actually put up on verge stuff yeah he puts it up on a verge podcast account as well oh we get like one extra listen from that maybe well it doesn't go to our numbers it goes to his account's numbers but it does give the uh, in theory the so exposure what, we of more people listening. what we get for it yeah we could find out what our like viewership is it'd be interesting to know if anybody listens it'd be really funny if we're huge and we've never realized i mean obviously we're not but like that'd be <laughs> no. very funny it's like yeah dude it's our top listen to podcast on our network we've got all the other nfl ones and stuff that we do <laughs> but this is the if one it's... that gets the most views it's crazy uh uh right i'm gonna read you my bet it's um, quite boring, I'm afraid. There's a lot of coin flip games here. There so are a lot this week. That's mm. difficult. I've gone. I've gone the. I've gone the Browns minus two and a half. Although, can I just say, I think the games this week are way going to be way better to watch than last week. So I'm going to be more engaged. But they're close. Right. Uh, Browns minus two and a half against the Colts. Chargers plus five and a half against the Chiefs because I think that'll be really tight. Ooh. And the Chiefs don't seem to score lots these days. So I think it'll be one of those like 24 21 kind of jobbies. Mm. Um, got the Niners beating the Vikings because they're going to be angry after losing last week and they will take it out 
on Minnesota. And then I got the Lions beating the Ravens because we covered, like, the Ravens just ain't that good and the Lions is good. Uh, the Bills minus eight and a half uh, against the Patriots because the Patriots stank. Uh, and then I got the Seahawks beating the Cardinals. And that gives me 30 to one. What's How long shocking? do you reckon Justin Jefferson's out, by the way? They say four to six weeks. Season. Yeah. Sit him down. Sit That's him what down. I would do. <laughs> Sit him down. Point? I mean, yeah. I wanted to win the division to win my bet, but uh, that's going to happen, is it? Aaron so was got... giving me a, Aaron was giving me a theory that because I think Jefferson's contract is due at the end of this year or next year, mm-hmm. so right. him or getting injured now, himself. yeah, does he now just sit the rest of the year and go, nah, pay me, pay yeah. me or trade me, baby, yeah. which screws over yeah. anybody who's got him in fancy leagues. <sighs> well, that's where you get, where you get your number one pick. Yeah. Anyway, Jazz, go on. I this week have taken on the Thursday night curse as Dave has managed to go past it several times this year i've got the jags beating the saints oh they the evens to beat the saints yeah i saw mm. that yeah it's the nice. saints suck the saints have lost three in a row they're terrible yeah it just it doesn't feel right but so no. it, it could be a trap it could be a full-on well, uh, it's a trap. You know, okay. Akbar, but i'm i'm liking the fact that that's there i too have taken the, the detroit lions there because i think they are good value at underdogs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have taken the Commanders to beat the Giants. I have taken the Packers to beat the Broncos. I have taken the Falcons plus two and a half on the Bucks. Oh, Jazz. I just Until couldn't find that. a sixth game. I really oh, couldn't find a sixth game I felt good about. I had to I'm, so, I'm so sorry for the for costing you your bet already. That's fine. I, I've got I've got hope it might happen. And then I've got... um. I didn't like the Bills minus eight and a half. So I've taken the Bills minus four and a half. Because oh. I thought eight and a half was just too big a spread. Yeah, I think you you're probably right. Yeah, the the it's Patriots just, are home. They'll probably still be chance, isn't there? reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I mean they won't score many points, but they might keep the Bills from not scoring too many points. And I got forty three to one for that. Very nice. nice. Can't disagree. Uh, I have literally just put my bet on because I came <laughs> I came prepared. This is uh, going to be terrible then. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm taking the Browns at minus 2.5 over the Colts because the Colts yep. are missing their starting quarterback and so the Browns defense. my defends. first bet, so you're just stealing my bets. Okay, it was relentless. Uh, I'm taking the Rams at minus three over the Pittsburgh Steelers because even though you've had a bye week, I don't like the Steelers. I almost took the Steelers. Almost no. took the Steelers. Rams are surprisingly the, frisky. Yeah, they're also very irritating at times and have a tendency to balls up at various points, but I do think the Rams will do them. Uh, I'm taking the G- Chiefs at minus 5.5 over the Chargers because the Chargers are the worst coach team in the NFL because um, they've got all the talent and nobody to make that talent come together. I'm taking the Packers at minus one over the Broncos because mm-hmm. the Packers are better than Denver, who are they were awful against Kansas City last Thursday. And now Jerry Judy's like having a slanging match with Steve Smith on the sideline and everything. Like, screw that guy. Uh, I'm taking the Jags to beat the Saints because I like the Jags. I don't like the Saints. And I'm taking the Bills at 8.5 to do the Patriots. And it gives me 49 to 1. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I really disagree with many of your your things, boys. I mean, the best I've done this year in my bets was last week when because I was working and therefore couldn't put bets on before the six o'clock games because I forgot to in the build-up before Sunday I had to do it all on the later games and Monday night football 
and I only lost one bet of the six and that was the Patriots game. So, so close. Thinking on my feet might be the best way to go with this thing this year rather than... Yeah, the time I got really close also on the Patriots game it was because the Jets couldn't finish it off. Mm. I do remember I doing. I went the... five and six at the beginning well, of the season, well. and I didn't tell you guys, but I had forgotten to place a bet, and I was literally just on my phone to the side of the podcast, being like, "Oh fuck," and just scrolling, <laughs> just stabbing away at different games. So that'll do. That'll do. Yeah, yeah I think they'll make... get the over and the under in that game. Whatever. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of thinking going on. <laughs> Sometimes a scout gun approach is not a bad one. Yeah.